Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. Excited, really excited about this guest. Steve Friskovit makes it sound like I'm not normally excited about my guests, but I've been admiring your work, particularly your daily. I don't know if it's daily or not. And now I've been banned from Facebook, so I don't get to see your inspirational messages. Coming to us from Mule Shoe, Texas. There's a lot of things that I'm going to just vicariously live through you. I, I, I've i always wanted to be from Mule Shoe, but it's in Texas instead <laughs> of Nebraska. Steve Friskovit, how are you? I'm good this morning, Ken. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm excited about having a horse trader on the air. The old horse trader thing. We're going to get that rumor out there right away. Not a horse auctioneer. Tell us about the the auction business first and mule shoe. Well, we uh, uh, run a horse sales that uh, we've had for a long time. Over 30 years, I've been the manager. Now I'm the CEO partner type guy, Clovis Horse Sales out of Clovis, New Mexico. And we actually have that sale now uh, with the help of COVID. We uh, now have it in Leveland, Texas. And so, and then I auctioneer horse sales all around the country. And I've done that now for uh, about 40 years now, I guess. So uh, that's what we do. Travel around, mumble over some of the nicest horses on the planet. That's my deal. In a completely unrelated note, and this might be foreign to you, Steve, I think they quit it, but you just reminded me back in the day, there was a bar in either Clovis or Portales, somewhere there that had chicken roping. I think they quit the chicken roping. That, Do would, they? that would be before my time. And, uh, <laughs> Not that I've never been to a bar, but that one was before my my time. Yeah. Well, I remember it. So, you know, I guess I'm way older than you, but that's all okay. That's that's dry country. First of all, what's a drought like in your part of the country? It's right now, it's terrible. We've, uh, we're in dire need of rain. It's just powder around here right now. And, and then the wind has stopped blowing a little bit. We had one of those total total blackouts the other day where you couldn't even see the street lights. And, and so it's been a little bit, little tough out here, but, but I remind people, I just reminded them at our Wednesday night service that the, uh, the best people come out of tough times. So uh, we must be building some pretty good folks around here because it's been a little tough. And that is really what we wanted to talk about, uh, Pastor of Fellowship and, and Services. You're sending some inspirational messages through social media. How did that get started, and, and how long have you been involved with that? Well, the 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 pastoral thing is uh, we've been just about 20, almost 21 years now that uh, the Lord actually called us to come to Muleshoe to lead a Bible study. And uh and out of that Bible study came this this fellowship we call Muleshoe Fellowship, and uh, just a, a neat neat little gathering that now covers the covers a pretty wide swath globally. Uh, operated twenty years without any self addressed stamped envelopes. Uh, nobody's on the payroll. Uh, we just we just do what we've been called to do, and and then. Uh, during COVID, 
uh, pretty neat story real quick, Trent, was that uh, I was in Arkansas uh, actually preaching for three or four days over there when in the first part of March in 2020 when the president had come out on the stage and asked us all to uh, take a break for a minute. And uh, while they assessed all this COVID business mm-hmm. and I found myself surrounded by a lot of pastors and, and church leadership that was pretty upset about, about the shutdown and, and all of that. And, and, and I didn't really know which way to go. I, I believe in authority and I trusted Donald Trump. And so uh, anyhow, I locked myself in the motel room there that afternoon and I just inquired of the Lord and he gave me a, a word that was very necessary for me and everybody else. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And I put my telephone up on the, up on the dresser there and hit the button and started giving that word. Wow. Here in just short period of time, there's over 50,000 people that listen to that. And that night I shared it at that church and a word of just encouraging us to, you know, to, to band together and, and, you know, and to, to pay attention, you know, listen to our leadership for a minute. Then when that all became politicized and weaponized and all the stupid stuff they did with, with the China flu, we, uh, I began to talk about it and I got on there doing my deal and we Finally, one day, I don't even know how we came up with it. We called it coffee with the colonel because the colonel is an auctioneer thing. It's it's not that honorable of a deal like a real colonel. And so I talked a little while, and then I was, uh, quit for a minute, and everybody started kind of getting after me for quitting. And so I went on up through Passover because I wanted to teach on Passover because I thought – that I still believe that Passover is key for our nation uh, from a religious standpoint, from a faith standpoint. So I went for eight more days and I said, I'm going to teach on this for eight days and then I'm done. Well, that was over three years ago now, I guess we're still not done. So (laughs) that, that's the story on that. Yeah. It took the Lord seven days. Well, kind of six to make earth and you had eight days yes. in mind. So it's, it's, there's a parallel there. There is, there is. And we've just, and out of that, we've, we've created this really unique network of people. And, and uh, it's uh, the other day, uh, for example, Passover, uh, our main service in Mule Shoes on Wednesday night. That, and I just teach and, and and uh, and so we're a little different than everybody else, which is great. And we, uh, but that Wednesday night we had a Passover service, and we took communion together, and we baptized some people, and we taught, and we worshipped the whole deal. But we had people from uh, from Georgia drive the mule shoe and wow. be baptized. Be baptized. We had people from Tennessee, people from the Oklahoma Panhandle. Uh, we had uh, family from Arizona drive out. Uh, this this whole network of people now that we've come to know, and then me on the road traveling, auctioneering horse sales, I get to meet a lot of them. And then we've gone through phases of going and speaking at different places. Uh, we we went and fought for our country for five years during all the Trump time. 
uh, we covenanted ground on on uh, uh, at, at county seats. We'd take communion at the courthouses. We'd speak in a lot of different places, just promoting freedom and, mm-hmm. and the Christian way of life and and trying to blow a little wind in somebody's sails so we could survive this, you know. And so so we've got to meet a lot of those people face-to-face is what I'm getting at. So it's been a pretty neat experience. In 2021, Steve, I, I was part of a group of people which started out as a large group of people and it got pared down. But in 70 days from May 18th through the end of July, we were in buses on the Arise USA tour, Faith, Family, and Freedom. And in 70 days, we had 57 events in 37 states. And when you get out and you just go day after day like that on a tour bus and get people to come and and the fellowship of that and the energy from that, it, it it's needed in a big way right now because it all comes back to the first word, faith. We need to have yes. faith in the Bible tells us what's going to happen. It tells us that there's going to be pain similar to giving childbirth. But at the end of the day, we win. And I think people need a reminder of that. Well, and that's and that's where we I don't know where you want to head with this this morning, but that's well, that, that pandemic. The uh, Bible says they come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So since 1960, we've been in a process, or really 1950, we've been in a process of removing the word of God from our society and therefore removing faith, giving ourselves over to the forces and voices of evil and all the perversion and all the upside down trickery we've got going on. And it all came from removing the word of God from the minds of the generation. We gave up on a generational promise. And uh, we don't we don't even know. I, I've been my whole deal was uncovering a promise made to Abraham in Genesis 12, uh, uh, ratified and confirmed in Genesis 15 and 17. That still stands today because of Jesus that gives us authority in the land and gives us a, 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 an overseership and 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 a responsibility and shoot modern day religion. Most people wouldn't even know any of that when i when i walk in a steve, church somewhere yes sir i'm gonna say when i walk in a church somewhere when we come back best way to say thank you is just do it thank you to the veterans first responders and active duty the wall of honor.org for details Welcome back, everyone. Trent Luce, roll route to the program, connecting the farm to the fork, so to speak. Steve Friskup, this has been long overdue. He's coming to us from Mule Shoe, Texas. One time I spoke in Olton, Texas. You know where that's at, up north oh, east yeah. of you, I think. And yes, uh, I had to go to Mule Shoe just to take a picture because I've always wanted to be. I, I got a fascination with mules. Oh, well. Well, everybody needs a picture with old Pete. That's uh, we got Pete the mule. So, uh, I've got my favorite mule is Paco. I raised Paco, and uh, from time to time, I get inspiration that I should take Paco out on the road and do like a Festus and Ruth kind of a thing with Trent yeah. and Paco, only incorporate 
the word of God into the message and just use Paco <laughs> to help with that. Are you in? Yeah, that'd be great. You'll come <laughs> to mule sheep. I got a spot for you. <laughs> I got a, I got a stable for your mule and you can sleep in there on a cot too, Trent. All right. So <laughs> I, I don't want to lose this because you started to say, and I had to rudely interrupt you when I walk in a church. Well, when they, I get invited to speak and I walk in the church, one of the first things I tell them is I want to remind everybody that Jesus is older than Abraham. And you'd be surprised at how many people don't even understand that statement. Yeah. But if you don't get that, and one of the things that we've missed, Trent, in America is, is less than about 15% of evangelical college students believe in the truth of creationism that God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. They believe they can be saved by Jesus. They don't believe in the creation truth. And, and, and that is impossible. He is one of the same. And so what we've done is we have monkeyed with the gospel. We've monkeyed with scripture and we've, we've created our own theologies. Theology is simply man's theory of absolute truth. And so all that being said, some of these promises that have been here since the beginning of time that pertain to the United States of America, pertain to freedom, pertain to a nation who is the number one ally to the nation of Israel, that we're the number one nation when it comes to holding out of forces against injustice. We're the number one nation when it comes to reaching our hand out for justice. We are salt and light, and we are deemed a Christian nation by all other nations. Yet we're forfeiting our position because we don't understand what was promised to us a long time ago, a promise made to Abraham that said, you can have a family, you're going to have generations and you got a piece of property to live on. And, uh, and when we lost sight of all that, then, then, then our ship went in the ditch. And so that's what we've been walking around telling people for pretty good while. now. So anyhow, I listened to, well, first of all, <clears throat> We have Bot Radio on. I don't know if you get Bot and where you are, Mule Shoe, but Bot Radio does a great job just bringing different, a variety of different messages every day. <clears throat> Alan Jackson Ministries, Alan Jackson does a fantastic job. And every day he's saying something that sticks with me, Steve. The other day he said, We are, the United States has become a generation who have never lived outside of comfort and convenience. Yes. That Absolutely. statement just rings so true. But what I wanted to get to and what I hear hints about you being a part of, and uh, I'm, I'm volunteering to sign up. I We did go to the movie, went to a movie theater, which I had not done in years, called uh, Jesus Revolution, the story of Greg mm -hmm. Laurie. Did you go to that movie or know about it? I, I have not gone to the movie. I know some about it. and It gets brought to my attention quite a bit. I'm sure. Because Greg Laurie last week said on the air, he said, we are now overdue for the next Jesus revolution. I think it's incubating right there in Mule Shoe, Texas. Well, you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you because when we got called to come here, I mean, it was a direct request by God. Because <laughs> when I came out of my office and told my wife, uh, she said, you go back in there and ask him again because we're not going <laughs> And so, uh, you know, Steve, and, I've and, told uh, you, you're not a good listener for all these years. Now you go back in there and hear what he really said. <laughs> We're not going. But what happened after we came here, um, because there's, a, we were sent here, no doubt about it. 
but the stories of, of, of prophetic people and and the different things that God has brought to us here in Muleshoe in this area, the Eastern Corridor of New Mexico, what a great group of people that are being held hostage by the, the, by the demonic forces of Pharaohism uh, from the capital of, of New Mexico. But so we, we minister in this area. This is a tough area, Trent. We, we're, we're dry. We're agriculture. Um, our county population hasn't grown any in 20 years. I mean, one of the blessings of living here is nobody else wants to live here. But we, uh, but the word that has come to us about this being a, a hub, so to speak, of, of, of this movement. And, uh, but, but not even right here locally. They don't, a lot of lots of people don't get on board with that and so just a little example of what you're talking about this two things i'm going to share with you we were in albuquerque uh right outside of albuquerque for a faith family and freedom tour and every one of our events i, I organized the events <clears throat> i lined up the speakers and i asked somebody locally if they would ask a, a, a bring them vacation to our event and when we were in at McCall Junction, at McCall's place, Pumpkin Patch, actually, that's where we had the event. I asked the guy locally to, to bring the invocation. You know what he asked me? Is it okay <laughs> if I do it in Jesus' name? Oh, yeah. And I said, well, why would you have an invocation without doing it in Jesus' name? He said, in New Mexico, you're not supposed to. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then, Steve, I learned just this last couple of weeks that the New Mexico governor is trying to capitalize on banning what's happening in Texas with abortion. He devoted $10 million to build abortion clinics on the Texas border in New Mexico to lure women over there to kill babies. That's where we live, Trent. I'm 15 miles from the New Mexico border. Just for the record, I have prayed in the name of Jesus at least once a week or more in the state of New Mexico for the last five years. I love it. But but that's the truth. That's and the governor's a sheet. It's a Michelle uh, Lujan Grish. And and she is. She's just uh she's she she's evil spirited and and uh the killing of the baby. I'm, I'm you know not to pick on New Mexico. We ministered to a lot a lot of great friends in New Mexico. The eastern corridor is amazing. It's all ranching and agriculture mm -hmm. and people just like us. But the 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 cannabis movement, the the she wants an abortion clinic in every county in New Mexico. Uh, there's been been a battlefield going on over there, sanctuary counties for the unborn, and we've been in on some of that. And so, uh, you know, and 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 the truth of the matter is, and I don't want to get plumb into this one because it's kind of a little bit dated but she she stood a good chance of getting whipped this year and because of the few perfect community we couldn't get on the same page and she's still the governor yeah darn thing i ever seen the mentality of the pew perfect sometimes just just is a little much for me i i get people who don't know anything they are destined for stupidity but when you're warming that bench every Sunday and uh, you're the guy up there at the front that's supposed to be leading them, I mean, some days it's time to get you some intelligence and grow you a pair and let's get this done, you know? So, Steve, at the end of the day, 
that evil governor of New Mexico is less of a problem for us than the person you call the pew perfect person, because we have we've created this division within the conservative Christian movement, <laughs> and it is the devil working inside of us. That's the great greatest challenge we have is that division. We can't be unified in mind, Trent. I mean, we're unified in spirit. The Bible says all who are born again are indwelt with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we are the church. You can't go to something you are. So there's the first deal. And so anyhow, we, I'm writing that one down. That's awesome. You know, well, it's the truth. And, and, but, but, you know, and then, then everybody, for as long as I've been a Christian, I've heard this stupid move. It's, you know, I just need Jesus to make an 18-inch drop. What do you need him to give you indigestion? We we need to renew our minds. So we're not like-minded. Even though we believe in the one and the same Jesus, because of our inability to digest the word, our inability to understand, uh, having leadership in the Christian community that's not even born again, with no insight, no power to understand, yet they write books, they preach, they talk, they give theories, they've been to cemetery, I mean seminary, uh, all that stuff. And so uh, we're not like-minded. The, the Holy Spirit wrote this Bible one time, one way for all men. All you got to do is get in sync with him and you'll be fine. And, uh, and we just not done it. And so here we sit. That's Steve Friskip. We will take a break. First half, Roll Route is under our belt. Before I let you go this time, Lake Night Energy is the entity that keeps the lights on, keeps the water running in our homes, keeps our showers, keeps uh, everything charged. Lignite.com for full details. Life powered by coal. Welcome back, everyone. Trent Loose on a Red Shirt Friday Roll Route with my guest from Mule Shoe, Texas, Steve Friskup. Uh, Steve, before we get back to all things Jesus, um, you said you you got the, the word to move to Mule Shoe. Where did you move from? Where were you? We lived in Canyon, just south of Amarillo. Oh. About 10 years. Yes, sir. Just down the road from Hereford. Yes, sir. Another yeah. one of those great Texas towns. Uh, and another thing, <laughs> how do you summarize this roller coaster in the horse market in the last 10 years? Horses are kind of viable all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been a pretty neat deal. It's, uh, you know, it's Econ 101. We, uh, it's supply and demand. There's a demand for a nice horse nowadays. And, and has been an increased demand. We were already in an uptick, and then along came COVID. Well, the Western way of life was the John Wayne of COVID. I mean, when Christy Nome rode into Deadwood, South Dakota, rodeo on a Falamina horse carrying an American flag, whenever Democrat liberal in America was telling you to sit down, shut up, put on a mask, and hide out, uh, it just kind of, we had our own version of woke. We, we woke up and and uh, people wanted to participate. And then you've got the Hollywood influence now that's gone Western and, and all things Western. And, and so I think it's all played in together. And, and so it's just supply and demand. But uh, I'll tell you this much, Trent, it's a great time to be me. 
sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you create your own path in that regard, Steve. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, a nice horse to bring a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I had an overpopulation of horses myself just from what I really need. I think I've got 20 today, but I keep two mules around. I, I don't gener I don't get that you got a lot of uh jealousy though that I have mules. I think you're just kind of a true blue horse guy. Pretty much. I mean I I can tolerate you all right. <laughs> we can be friends. <laughs> yeah. You know why I like mules, right, Steve? Uh you know I'm dying to hear it. They're only half an ass. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. I, I get it. Um, so you were somewhat alluding to something that I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on, but I, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on up there at the four sixes and the horse influence. And I have a dear friend who actually supplies the horses for that filming process. He's from, uh, uh, Oh, shoot. Uh, name escapes me right now. Weatherford. He's from Weatherford. And um, this, if you want to call it a Western craze, it's it's kind of ironic, actually, what's taking place. And I'm a little wonky-eyed that, that it's very genuine. But, hey, well, we have people wanting to be a cowboy again. Let's go for it. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I'm fairly close to the whole situation. I've been the auctioneer there at the four sixes for over 20 years, maybe 25 years now. Um, <clears throat> friends with every cowboy up there. And so, and, and watched the whole transition and, and have, have met the higher ups. And so anyhow, um, and it, and there's a lot of opinions about all this and there's a lot of transitioning going on. And, and, and I'm like you, I, I, I don't want to just stand around and be a skeptic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what I've told everybody, I said, who cares how they shape their hat as long as they want to buy a horse and participate, you know, don't just stand around making fun of them, bring them into the deal. And, and, uh, and because it is the Western way of life is very, very attractive. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, if you got this two minutes, I do Smith Wigglesworth prophesied in the late 1700s, late early 1800s that America would be brought to revival through the Western way of life. No, now, I did not know that. Yeah. 30 years ago, or maybe, I don't know, that's close. We thought that would be by having cowboy church. Isn't that the American mentality? Well, we're going to revive America by having church. Well, during COVID, the Western way of life elevated. And I've always known that the heartland of American agriculture and the Western way of life was the main artery of freedom for in America and our last frontier of hope to sustain that. Well, now it's all come together. And, uh, and I'm blessed that I've got a front row seat to the whole thing. So uh, it, it's been a pretty neat phenomenon. No matter what kind of language they use on a TV show, uh, I'm not a fan, but I'm a, I am a fan of the Western way of life. I'm just going to leave it at this. I still question the Chinese influence and all of that that's taking oh, yeah. place. And 
I did. Hey, Steve, it's like everything else. Here's the one word that we must come back to every single time. Discernment. Each one of us need yeah. to have our level of discernment and mm-hmm. be a critical thinker, not be a, a, a sheep. Exactly. And and do the work. Um, I don't know who Thomas Tull but He's the owner of Teton Ridge. I don't know him. I know people who do. So I'm able to glean some information and discern for myself where I'm at in the process. Um, you know, out of that right there came this China influence thing. Yet we've got all these land acquisition things going on across our country. And you have this extremely high level of, of farm purchases by the, by the Chinese and that door opened all through the cannabis business. And so you just got to pick whichever bullseye you want to put, but the bullseye is China. China. There's there's nothing good comes out of that. Not one thing good. And we're all, we're so tangled up now that, I mean, if you, if you're going to go non-Chinese, you, you're going to have to walk around naked, you know? I mean, that's just how it is. I'm I'm working on that, Steve, because I told my wife we're going to get some merinos and uh, she can start spinning <laughs> wool again, and we won't won't matter. We'll grow our own potatoes. We got our own beef and pork, and we'll should be spinning yeah. wool. We'll be set. Exactly. There we got you our chicken. Go. Well, you, uh, as soon as you know your underwear is not itchy, let me know, and I'll buy something. <laughs> hey, this new merino. It's it, they tell me it's not itchy, so it's all good. All right, all right so. Uh, I haven't been able to keep track of you lately because November 6th, I went to Eagle Pass and I was there with the Texas National Guard. In fact, the All-American Beef Battalion, I wish I had thought about this ahead of time. I should have invited you. It would have been great to be at the Texas National Guard. We fed them with the All-American Beef Battalion. And I got uh-huh. a tour of uh, places in Eagle Pass that I needed to see things that I saw and I went public with what I saw. I learned who's actually crossing the border. I learned what we believe their objectives are. But I also went to Del Rio and uh, Laughlin Air Force Base. And I went to that, what is it, 130,000 contiguous acre ranch that's now owned by an individual from China who has two airstrips on that ranch. And I started talking about what I was seeing. And on November the 11th was the last day. I was able to post anything on Facebook, WhatsApp, or Instagram. It told me I'm over the target, and there's something I uncovered there that uh, the people aren't supposed to know. (laughs) But the number of men, single men, from China crossing that border was alarming to the Texas National Guard, who's there rounding them up every day, and that message is not getting out to the general public. Yeah, absolutely. That, and I've not been down there. You hear things and, and uh, know people down there, but look, you you know it better than I do because you've been there. But the as I visit with our congressman and and uh, oh, I had a one on not really one on one, but I was sitting next to him and and talked to uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Do you know who he is? That uh, uh, ran for governor of Texas, extreme liberal, ran for governor of Texas. And, and when I questioned him on our southern border, because that that porous border is is the biggest deficit. Our town suffers greatly because of that open border. Mm. And and we, we we see the effects of it. Our 
our hospital is unsustainable, our school system's unsustainable. Uh, it, it's really tough. Our legal system is tough. Yeah, it, it just accountability and justice. I think that's the biggest disappointment from a government standpoint. I don't know why I have any faith in government whatsoever. I don't. But the lack of accountability and, and mm. the haves and the have-nots. I, I took eight bulls into Mexico in 1998, and I crossed the Eagle Pass, and I spent a week in the Musky Coahuila. And I was like, my goodness, I hope we never come to this in our country. And we have. I, everything I saw there including people who who ranch they don't live out on the ranch they live in town but they got a a wall around their house to protect themselves and mm -hmm. just the whole segregation and two-class society which i witnessed in 1998 i'm starting to witness here yes sir there's no middle we're we're going from one extreme to the other and but but again if you're a sovereign nation that means you're a nation with a sound government and borders it's yeah. got to be controlled and and so when we've alleviated all that and you know and the, we 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 had a man in there for a little while that was working on it and uh and the powers that be have been able to manipulate and control that also so uh we're we're in a really tough situation really tough uh i got 30 seconds steve we're going to go to a break uh, I just wanted to kind of recap. You talked about the drought. Are the cow numbers holding together, and how long will that happen before there's just bigger liquidation? Uh, you know, we're pretty drought tolerant around here, and and the cow numbers they've they've been a shift, but this is about the fourth drought here in the last decade, maybe a little longer than that. We had, I forget what year it was now, we had a huge liquidation. And that, that eastern corridor of New Mexico is 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 all cows and ranching. Now, right here where I live, it's pretty much feed yards and wheat fields. And so yeah. um, they, they liquidated a lot then. So not so much now. They got it now. Steve Frisco, Roll Route, Red Shirt Friday. We'll be back with more after this. Now let's talk about the certified Piedmontese business. It's about supplying a plethora of protein to the consumer. Go to the website. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll be able to see how in today's world of convenient marketing, you can have these protein items delivered to your door. You can order today, have them delivered first of the week. You'll be eating tender beef in no time. Full details about the cattleman, the cattle, the Piedmontese and the tenderness aspect can be found at LongCreekCattleCo.com. And if you're interested in looking at the products to consume, CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Roll route to the program, connecting food producers to food consumers. Steve, I'm going to tell you this story because, well, it's pretty interesting and it's close to home for you. In about 2002, I was asked to speak at a uh, Roosevelt County Chamber of Commerce Ag Appreciation Meeting in Portales, New Mexico. And it was uh, at Cannon Air Force Base. No, it wasn't at the Air Force Base. It was somewhere oh. where the Air Force Base and the Roosevelt County Farm Bureau and the Chamber of Commerce kind of three-way sponsorship of this Ag Appreciation. And we had a nice crowd. I, if I remember correctly, 350, 400 people. And I was talking to folks from Cannon Air Force Base. And I learned in 2002 
that the women at the end of World War II with the ladies' auxiliary suggested that every man, woman, and child wear a red shirt when the men and women were returning from the beaches of France, Italy, South Pacific, and around the world, just to say thank you. And it was no accident that it was a red shirt because the the sacrifice that the men and women make for our freedom was to be that to parallel to the blood of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Mm. And, and I thought, why, why don't we do that now? And so every yeah. Friday since that day in Portales, New Mexico, I think I was traveling one week and forgot to pack a red shirt. And I had one Friday since 2002. I've not worn a red shirt every Friday. But all of that happened because of my trip to Portales and Cannon Air Force Base. I'll be darned. Well, good for you. And that is a great idea. That's uh, that's good to know. Yes, sir. People get hung up on it. Like in Oklahoma, if uh, if the Cowboys are playing the Sooners in football and they don't want to be wearing a red shirt on a Friday, they, they think that's a big deal. I don't understand. But anyway, <laughs> obviously you're in tune with uh, what's going on in Oklahoma because I caught your reference to cannabis growing and skirting the loopholes in the law with Chinese farm ownership. And that started in Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's been a big deal. We've, uh, I've spoke to it a little bit and, and uh, been over. We do quite a bit of speaking and stuff in the state of Oklahoma. I originally, I, I served a good bit of time in the state of Oklahoma. So uh, that, that's where I grew, grew up and cut my teeth over. I don't tell everybody. Because I want everybody to believe I'm a Texan, but that's uh, I got some, I got some business back there. <laughs> no greater philosopher ever existed than Will Rogers. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just incredible to go back and read his quotes from the twenties. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I put Will Rogers on the same level as Festus. Well, now I'd have him a little higher, than Texas, but, but you're a man, I'm not. So that. <laughs> yeah, not only that, I also caught your little clip about me not only being a mule man, but being a flat-headed mule man, and you're talking about the shape of my hat. Oh, good grief. No, look no, at no. You look at no, wear that no. taco hat. I love the flat-headers. Now, I've, I've been doing a horse sale in Elko, Nevada for forever, and uh I love the flat adders, but now the ones that just take a good hat and wear it backwards, them. <laughs> you do the you do the Van Norman sale? Yes, I do. I'm headed yes. to Elko tomorrow. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, I, I love it out there. Love I do it. too. I absolutely. I, I spent. I get to Elko County every year. Dear friends at Lamoille. And uh, I know the Van Normans, and it's just great. It's great ranch country, but you got to be kind of tough to live out there. Well, yeah, and there again, you see the toughest country come with the best people, and, and uh, we've done. I've not only sell our horse sale out there; I've done a good bit of speaking around there during all this, and and uh, man, it's just been, they've been very receptive. It's been real good, real good. Got a lot of good friends out there. Yep, yeah. I do as well. In fact, I'm going to spend a week. Well, uh, Hank Vogler, I don't know if you've heard of Hank. He's actually at White Pine County down by Ely, but he's only 150 miles from Elko. It's his closest town. So I'm going to go spend some time with him. He runs uh, 10 bands of sheep and about 1,000 cows and is in the middle of the crosshairs on what's going on with the, the federal leases and that whole ball of wax. So that's where I'm off to this weekend. And, and 
this will be of interest to you. Uh, the federal government, the largest horse owner, largest landowner, the largest horse owner in the country has proven that they don't know how to take care of animals or just want to kill them. And um, the blizzards that have been taking place in Nevada are putting these horses in peril. And so I'm going there to do broadcasting next week just to show what mismanagement of a horse herd that should be managed. I don't, I like feral horses, mm -hmm. but I want them to be managed. And it comes back to if if you or I did that, Steve Frisco, we'd be locked up as animal abusers and the federal government's the worst there is. You cannot find a thing that the federal government's got their thumbprint on that's not a straight running, absolute 110% poop show. I mean, it's there's <laughs> not not one thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh I have five <laughs> minutes left. I never do this, but I, I want to do this today. Um, what do we need to most talk about in this last five minutes? It's up to you. We need to talk about the kitchen table and generational integrity and freedom. All It's all lumped in. I have long said, in fact, I do a lot of broadcasts from people's kitchen table and I've long said that when we moved away from consuming our meals together as a family and discussing things of the day and planning for the future is when we really start screwing up. Well, that's I'm the kitchen table guy. That's all I talk about. That whole promise of Abraham is a kitchen table issue. So that's that's my deal. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we get back there by simply reminding people how important it is. Well, yes, and, and, and quit being a, the replacement theology. We have, we have done everything in our society from the highest levels of leadership to, to dismantle the kitchen table. John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes, the devil comes to first steal, then to kill, then to destroy. What did we do? We stole, the, he came in and stole the institution of family. Uh, that's been going on now for for over 70 years that we, we, we accept the, 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 the dismantling of marriage. We, we became on my group. We're the, we're the epitome of the drop off generation. We dropped them off at preschool. I listened to one of your, one of your shows that were talking about all the, 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 the child molestation and all the perversion and things going on and, and how, uh, advocating for mandatory preschool tied right into that where we drop our kids off. We drop them off at Sunday school, drop them off at church camp, drop them off somewhere else. Why, why can't dad read the Bible to their children? Why can't you pray with your children? Why do you got to go to some brick building on main street to encounter Jesus? I, the promise of Abraham said that I'm going to give you a family generation, a place to live. When that thing came to full fruition, 430 years later, which, by the way, Trent, 400 years ago right now, they signed the Mayflower, Mayflower Compact. We're at a very peculiar time at this time in our life, in our generation. It's time to restore that family unit. It's time to reclaim the land. When that promise was fulfilled by Joshua, when he crossed over the Jericho, God met him, and he said, wherever you place your foot now, Joshua, I give you. In chapter five, an angel of the Lord came to Joshua 
and said, take your shoes off where you stand now is holy ground. My encouragement to families for years now has been, do you believe that your kitchen table is holy ground? Do you understand your responsibility for your children, their minds, their faith, their their movement towards freedom? Because your children are the seed of this nation. And I, I just visited with some young people this week. And I said, would you, would anybody in your group ever understand that sometime in the very near future, we would no longer sing the national anthem in this country? That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if, if we don't instill that, you can't teach character and values and things in school. And now with all the, the pornographic things in our school libraries and all the different agendas and drag queens and, and all this perverted unknown natural behavior being promoted everywhere. That's the responsibility of the family. And so now we've got whole cultures that don't believe in marriage. And now we have a society that will pay you to, to have children like puppies. You know, the more kids you got, the more money you got. And, and so the whole deal is dismantled. But, but I blame the puppets of America, Trent, because there was a time back in 1740 when they when they believed in the family and men men preached uh social issues and they used their bible as the plumb line and they were called the black robe regiment and there was a revival that came to this land and out of that revival came a nation a free nation one nation under the god of abraham isaac and jacob and and so we got to come back to that but about 1950 we started joining forces as 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 denominations and we started watering down our doctrines we started preaching towards heaven and left the kitchen table out of the equation don't worry about your kids bring them to us we'll we'll tend to them no sir i don't want anybody tending my kids i don't want in i don't want another man saddling my horse and i don't want another man teaching my kids uh i'll take care of that thank you very much uh because i just don't trust you people that's all there is to it and when we come back to that and we teach that right out of the Bible, then, then, then we'll come back to some. And so here again, the Western way of life is the epitome of the kitchen table. That's, that's this heartland of America. We still believe in family. So that's my take on that. It's no accident that the code of the West has 10 components, as does a little something from the Bible, Steve. <laughs> It's called the Ten Commandments. Steve Friskup, we're going to do this often, and um, thank you. Just thank you so much, and God bless. Yeah, you too. This was fun. Thank you. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting food producers to food consumers for Steve Friskup and Mule Shoe, Texas. I'm Trent Luce. Reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. I've just done what I suggest you do. On a regular basis, that is log on to the website at protecttheharvest.com. Three objectives of Protect the Harvest, and this just tells you everything you need to know to inform, to protect, and to respond. We're pretty good at informing people, not we. In society, we're pretty good about getting informed. We don't do enough to protect, and we don't respond. That's why Protect the Harvest is so valuable, to inform, protect, respond. And what's the missing equation in that? You have to carry the load. 
making it possible for you to have the right information, informing, assisting you, and getting the right action, and basically just empowering people to take our lives back. That, at the end of the day, is the faith that we must have as we continue to go forward. Because in the moral of the story, a free and fed America is a strong America.